All right, where are you? There you are. <laughs> Laura Shipper. She had an opportunity to share her story last week in Waverly, which is her home church and has been since the beginning of the Waverly campus. Um, she's here with Mark, her husband, and her kids. And proud of you. Thank you. Like I prayed. Thank you for being courageous and for willing to make yourself vulnerable and take your mask off and share your story with us this morning. So thanks. Great. Thanks. So my name is Laura, and like Doug said, we usually go to the Waverly campus, and I'm pretty comfortable up front, but usually singing, not speaking, so this is a little a little more nerve-wracking, but it's all good. So, Proverbs 16.9 says, The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. This was the confirmation verse that I chose for myself when I was just 15 years old. At that time in my life, I wasn't quite the planner that I would someday become. And while most things in my life have gone the way I planned it to go, what I learned over the years is that as much as I try to work to plan the details of my life, God is ultimately in control, and I need to trust him and let him lead me. This is my story, and while it may seem like an ordinary life, I know that it is so much more than that because it has God's handprints all over it. I was born in February of 1983, the middle child of three to Tom and Janet Freed, and grew up in the small town of Parkersburg. My childhood was comfortable, carefree, safe, and fun. My parents were strong in their faith, loving, and hardworking. We have always been very close, and family time was special and important to them. Growing up, I had a quiet, shy personality. I can remember at a young age feeling self-conscious with my abilities, my looks, and my weight. I liked who I was by myself, but often wondered what others were thinking about me. I liked to be home the best, where I could just be myself. My family was very active in our Lutheran church. I have known and loved God my whole life. I was baptized as a baby, and we attended church every Sunday, as well as pretty much every other service or program that was offered throughout the week. I am very grateful for this church, as the members there were intentional and creative and made faith learning fun and memorable. I was confirmed in this church when I was in high school. The confirmation program consisted of memorization of Bible verses and parts of the small catechism. I did all of this work because it was expected of me, and while it wasn't the most meaningful experience of my life, it was a solid foundation. During my middle and high school years, I took my schooling very seriously, and I was very involved in extracurricular activities, everything from sports to music and in between. It seemed like during this time, the busier I was, the happier I was. Also, the roles I played in those activities seemed to define me in a way, which meant that I didn't have to try to prove myself worthy to others. I was friends with pretty much everyone in school, superficial friends anyway. It's always been easier for me to stay this way with people for fear of them finding out the real me and possibly not liking it. But looking back, God always seems to place a solid, meaningful friendship in my life right when I need it. One of these friends I met when I was in high school. This girl was strong in her faith and became a solid role model for me. She introduced me to a boy named Mark Shipper and helped to set us up on our first date. Mark's easygoing and optimistic attitude continues to inspire me today. We had a similar family upbringing and values and almost immediately started attending church together, alternating family churches each week. 
At first, this was just another opportunity to spend time together, but it really became a strong foundation for us. When it came time for me to graduate high school, I wasn't emotionally ready. I had kept myself so busy in school, activities, and with Mark that I hadn't really given my future plan much thought. I decided to attend a nearby community college for my general education so that I could be close to home. This was a challenging and lonely time for me, only to be made worse the next year when Mark moved two hours away to attend college. I wasn't at all interested in doing the whole college life thing and just wanted to get this part of my life over with so that we could get married. I have always been very organized, and this was probably the time that I started to really become a planner. Keeping my mind busy kept me happy, so I worked extremely hard in school, and when I wasn't studying, I kept my mind busy planning my future with Mark. Doing this kept me from having to be alone with my thoughts, which had become increasingly more intense. I felt like gone were the days of my carefree childhood, and now I was on my own and had to prove myself worthy, which brought out a whole new realm of insecurity. I believe that my relationship with God was fairly superficial at this point in my life because as I was working to plan and control my future, I wasn't letting him lead me, and I don't remember really asking him for direction. But God did eventually show me the way. I felt him reminded me of my grandma, who had lived in the nursing home the last few years of her life. We were always very close to my extended family and visited my grandparents often. I was young at the time, but remember not liking our visits to the nursing home. It did not seem like a nice place, and it was very hard to see my grandma living there. But these memories began to inspire me to begin a career in nursing. So I transferred schools, began working as a CNA at a local nursing home, and quickly fell in love with long-term care in the geriatric population. But dur during nursing school, I had my fair share of insecurities and often questioned my decision. I had no desire to work anywhere other than long-term care, but I had to complete a clinical in each area in order to graduate. This brought me feelings of anxiety, feeling like everyone else knew what they were doing but me. God again gave me a solid friend when I needed one. This girl had similar values and insecurities, and we were able to work our way through school together. Those years were very busy. When I wasn't working, attending classes, or studying, I was trying to find time to spend with Mark. He had transferred colleges, and so distance-wise, we were much closer. After Mark proposed, we bought a fixer-upper house together in Waverly, and so with wedding planning and house projects, along with school and work, my mind was on overload. When we got married in June of 2005, we were both full-time students with part-time jobs. We didn't have much time for anything outside of school, but coming home to each other every night was such a blessing. Though we have had our ups and downs in our marriage, Mark has always been my number one supporter and best friend. Once I graduated college, I had to take my state nursing board exam. My insecurities returned, and I struggled with anxiety again as I prepared to take the test. My mom gave me a book of prayers for nurses, and this was a turning point for me as I read this book over and over again, spending a lot of time with God in prayer and meditation. I believe that my relationship with God was deepened during this time because I put, my, I put him in the center of my life and completely trusted him with my future. I can remember my fears and anxiety being calmed and feeling very peaceful during this time. Once I passed the test, I started a job in the hospital, 
thinking this would be the best way for me to gain some more experience and confidence. Instead, it did the opposite, and I prayed that God would open a door for me in long-term care, which he soon did, and I was able to secure a solid nursing position at the Bartles Lutheran Home in Waverly. Although I feel like I was very close to God during this time, it was also one of the darkest periods of my life. That summer, I had started to experience sadness almost every day, and I easily broke out crying for no apparent reason. I had low energy and little motivation. Mark was still busy finishing school, but I had more time on my hands, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I would go to work, come home, and take naps with our dog Maggie, who became my best friend during this time. I eventually went to the doctor, and it was explained to me that my mind had gone from working on overload to slowing way down, causing an imbalance, and I was diagnosed as being clinically depressed. Once I recognized what was going on, and with help from medication, I was able to slowly start working my way out of the darkness. I have come to understand that depression can affect anyone, even those who are walking closely with God. It was then that Mark graduated college, and so my mind got busy again and back into planning mode. What comes next? Well, we were married, graduated college, and both had jobs, so of course it was time to try for a baby. Our first son, Caleb, was born in January of 2008. I quickly fell in love with being a mom, but parenting has not come naturally for me, and I've had to work to overcome my insecurities with this. When Caleb was just over a year old, my depression hit me hard again. I felt isolated because at that time I was not familiar with the mom connections that were available. I was struggling with learning how to raise a child and take care of myself and ended up very overweight. I decided to try counseling. My therapist was truly my angel. She gave me so many insights and coping mechanisms, but the biggest lesson she taught me was that I simply needed to take time to take care of myself. Things started to get busy again for us after that as we moved homes in town and had our second child, Hannah, in October 2010. At that point, I had started to become frustrated with my work schedule and almost gave up working. But instead, while I was on maternity leave, Bartles offered me my dream job, working part-time on care planning, and I've been doing this ever since. Fast forward several years and several significant life events had occurred the death of grandparents, along with our dog Maggie, the Parkersburg tornado damaging family members' homes, the Waverly flood, Mark's high school football coach was murdered, my parents moved out of my childhood home, and cancer hit several family members. Though each event, event challenging, I continued to trust God, but I do think that during this time I had fallen back into the routine of making my own plans and not letting God lead me. But I was content and comfortable with my life. I had figured out that I didn't have to live in isolation and had made some connections and friendships through local mom groups. I had an outlet. Working part-time kept me just busy enough to keep my mind active. I had learned to take care of myself, was in better physical health, and my depression was stable. And then we started to want another baby. However, this pregnancy was much different than the first two. I was diagnosed with placenta previa, and at 27 weeks, I was hospitalized short-term after experiencing complications with this. I was restricted from working and told to take it easy, but my symptoms returned, and I was rushed by ambulance to Iowa City. 
The doctors assured me that my baby was healthy, but I was to remain in the hospital until he was born. I was looking at a time of six weeks in the hospital, away from home and away from my family. Six weeks in the span of a lifetime doesn't seem like much, but it feels like forever when you are right in the thick of it. I have always been a controlling person, and it was hard for me to ask for help, but I had no choice. I had no control over my situation, and I had to let God take over. I will forever be grateful for the love and support of our family and friends that stepped up and took care of my children and my husband while I was in the hospital. Mark and I developed a greater appreciation for each other and placed an even stronger trust in God, keeping faith that he knew what he was doing. Trusting God was the only way that I was able to make it through those lonely days and nights. The uncertainty of labor and my baby's health, the many goodbyes that I had to say to my family when they left for home after their visits, and the physical heartache that I felt every night as I fell asleep clinging tightly to my children's teddy bears that they had left for me to sleep with. God even gave me a friend in the hospital, in almost the exact situation and timing as me. This was such a blessing as we were able to keep each other company and help each other advocate for our health care. I don't know how I would have made it through without her. I made it to my scheduled C-section date, and Benson was born in November of 2014. Three days after he was born and we returned home together as a family of five was one of the best days of my life. But once we had settled back into life, I started to feel restless, like God was calling me to do more. I believe he had gotten my attention while I was in the hospital, and so at that point I was very open to following his lead. We were members at a church in town, and while we were comfortable there, worship had started to feel very monotonous. We were not being spiritually fed, we were not feeling joy in serving, and we were not growing in our faith. It was time for a change. We decided to start attending church at Orchard Hill in Cedar Falls because we had family friends there. The initial transition was an adjustment, but it wasn't long when an announcement was made that a Waverly campus would open. This was God's message to me that we were in the right place and things were going to work out. As the new campus launched, Mark and I started serving. I started volunteering in the nursery, But my controlling personality and lack of volunteers at the time made it very stressful for me. I often just did the work myself and didn't ask for help. I was encouraged by friends in the church and was able to to work my way out of the hole I had created, and God started using me as a leader, inviting and letting others in to serve alongside me. We joined a small group to get more involved, and the leader of this group was none other than the therapist that I had gone to almost five years before then. God's timing is perfect, as just enough time had passed that we could now have a relationship as friends, and she continues to impact my life now in a whole new way. Switching churches was a true step out of our comfort zone. It was exactly what we needed, and it has deepened my desire to be in relationship with God and given me a desire to be in community with others. But it did not come without some guilty feelings of leaving behind the traditional style of worship that I have known all my life, And I have to continue to remind myself that I still worship the same God, just in a different way. Music has always been a big part of my life, and one of the ways I can hear God's voice is through musical lyrics. I love to sing. Growing up, I never worried about sounding perfect. It was always just fun. It was when I got older that I became insecure in my abilities. 
At Caleb and Hannah's baptisms, I provided special music for them at the service. But by the time Benson was born, I did not feel confident enough to sing for him, something that I still regret to this day. After a few months in at Waverly Orchard, though, I started to become interested in singing with the worship team. God was tugging on my heart, but I was too scared to try it. It took a while for me to take this next step, but with Mark's strong encouragement, I auditioned and they welcomed me in. This has given me my confidence and love for singing back. I don't know why I have struggled so much with insecurity in my life, but I have come to realize that the voice of the devil is real and I cannot allow it to overcome the voice of God. I have heard it said many times that it's not if a storm occurs in your life, but when. It was a Sunday morning in October of 2016 when a friend of ours came to our house very early. I never expected his words to be, Mark, I just talked to Tiffany. Dave is gone. Dave Fink was one of Mark's best friends. He was a godly man who had a positive impact on so many people in the community, including us. All Mark could say was no, and all I could do was cry. The emotions that followed that day were beyond what we have ever experienced before. Though it did not weaken our faith, Dave's death has shaken us in a whole new way. As we continue to work through the grief, we have good days when we can smile, and we have bad days when the tears seem to overflow. We are thankful to be surrounded by a community of believers who share similar memories of Dave. I believe our grieving process is still very real and ongoing. We still have so many questions that we may never find the answer to, and I think more time is needed for us to seek peace and understanding. But I also believe that God is good, and he placed us right where we needed to be when this storm occurred. Since Dave's passing, I have become very aware that life is short. I need to live intentionally, be present in the moment, and enjoy each day that's given to me. It seems like when life gets busy, I easily fall into the trap of taking control and trying to handle things on my own. And then there are times that God has gotten my attention, and I slow down and listen. And it's in these moments that I can see God at work. I can see how much more peaceful and amazing life is when I am able to step back, let go of the control, and let God lead my way. While my life right now is really good, it can also be very demanding. My depression is still very real and ongoing. Raising three kids and managing our household, along with stronger demands at work, can leave me feeling very tired and pulled apart most of the time. I can relate well to the story of Mary and Martha in the book of Luke. I often feel like Martha, working hard but distracted by all the preparations and getting things done. But I want to be more like Mary, spending quality time with Jesus, which is what led me to take the journey class this fall. I remember as a child my mom emphasizing to us that the most important thing you can have is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have learned that things from this world will come and go, but my relationship with God is something that can never be taken from me. Everything that has taken place in my life has made me who I am today, and while I am still a work in progress, I have taken to heart the lessons that I have learned and continue to work every day to follow God's lead. I don't know what will be written next in my story, but I know that God knows, and I trust that he will continue to be with me, just like he has always been. Thank you.
So I, I heard three things in particular listening to your story. Um, you grew up with a great foundation of faith um, in your family and in your home church, but information isn't all there is. Um, it's not just about what we know. It's uh, it's so much more about who we know. And uh, your mom's advice, you know, it's about having this relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. So I see that in your journey, you know, a journey of knowing, but also coming to really know who your Savior is. And the second thing is um, God loves you and he believes in you. You know that, but to actually believe that is a hard thing sometimes um, sometimes we kind of slide into the shadow and we're wrestling with control and wanting things to be perfect or we have fears and doubts that can begin to overwhelm us insecurities anxieties um, even depression and I know that that I know that was a very real thing for you and is still a part of your story and I know it's also a very real thing for many people in this room too. That um, when our lives begin to drift, that we start to question who who we are and struggle with that. And I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to, to name that in your own life. And also then point to some of the things you were able to do. Get some help. Talk to a doctor, friends, family, a counselor. Um, and that's sometimes what we need to be able to do is uh, is to get help so that we can get out of the darkness back into the light again and begin to live with with hope and with faith again to let go of some of those things to be able to learn to listen to be able to see again the good things that God is doing it's a hard thing to surrender though isn't it yeah and then finally, all throughout your story are these people, these very important people. I mean, there's one over there, Mark, you know, very important guy, jab Mark. And, you know, these friends that you have named. And isn't that true for all of us, you know, that these people walk into our lives. But what we do about it is is the important thing. Are we willing to actually allow them into our lives? Because we believe one of our top values here in our church family, is that we are better together. To drift off by ourselves, to isolate ourselves, can oftentimes put us in the shadows. And we start hearing these other voices that just aren't true. Um, So I am so grateful, as I know you are, for these good people that have been and are a part of your life. That's encouragement to me as well. So thank you so much. I want to say say a prayer for you, and then you can get off of the stage and go sit down. All right. God, thank you for Laura's story. Thank you for her courage um, in and being so vulnerable in, in front of so many people that she doesn't know. Uh, that's that's a big big thing. Um, but I know she's convinced that there's good in both writing her story and in sharing her story. There's good both in her life because of it, but there's also good potentially in the lives of others who can listen and maybe be encouraged and challenged to take a next step in their faith. So I pray that this 
This is a good next step for Laura and for her family too. But then also for those that, those of us that were challenged and, and encouraged and inspired. May we not forget. Um, and may we always remember, God, that you're writing the story in our lives. Um, and, and that we would be open to what it is that you want to say to us and through us. Um, so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.